Welcome to the Kings and Priests podcast. Welcome to the Kings and Priests podcast where we are really passionate about empowering young professionals to make a lasting and positive difference in their church and in their world. Well, this is the first episode, so thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world to me, and I'm hoping that I can help amplify your influence so that you can be an influential young professional who makes a difference by changing your world and the worlds around you. Now, episode one is where you get to hear the heart behind the kings and priests, and who better to have a conversation with than the man himself who influenced the name of this podcast, Pastor Miles Powiden. Now, if you don't know Miles, Miles is the current location pastor at Elevation Church Hills. But before he was a pastor, he actually ran his own building company, which he planned on taking to America to make it big. In this episode, we get to hear about the tension of being a professional in the church. Miles also unpacks the kings and priests model and also talks to young professionals about what their role in today's church should be and why. So without taking up any more of your time, let's get this conversation started with Pastor Miles Powiden. Well, welcome, Miles, to this podcast. It is a pleasure having you on. You are the reason for the name, Kings and Priests. In a nutshell, tell us a little bit about yourself, because uh, you are a pastor currently, but you, you actually came from the, the business world. Yeah, that's right, Trash. Good, good to be on with you, brother. Listen, I remember as a kid, okay, going way, way back, man, we're, lo- we're talking in the dark ages, Mona Vale Primary School. And I remember I was always trying to make money. I was just obsessed with getting whatever was offered at the tuck shop, you know, the, the latest pie or the latest hot dogs that were out. So I was always wheeling and dealing. And as a kid, <laughs> I remember I had these marbles. And you know how you would uh, hit the marbles, you would win them? Well, I went mm. home and I glued the marbles together so that when anyone hit my marbles, they wouldn't break, and I just kept winning and winning. Yeah. And then I, that was in the third grade. Well, then I progressed into the fifth grade. I sold water pistols um, in the form of syringes. So my dad had a <laughs> big warehouse at Brookvale, and I had these plastic syringes, you know, that people draw blood with or, I don't know, they, you know, give their uh, different medicines. Well, I would sell them in school. Uh, primary school uh, to make a buck and I remember sitting in class and over the loudspeaker remember back in the day the principal would address the whole school at 9 a.m or something over the loudspeaker and she said there's someone selling syringes and it's got to stop and they need to come and see me in the office I didn't know it was against the law or there's anything wrong with selling stuff in school and so I look back to the earliest days. I liked money. I just liked making it. I liked doing it. And maybe, you know, for those listeners out there, Prashant, they've got stories, right? Mowing lawns, um, washing cars, whatever. I think when you look back to your early days, it kind of gives you a bit of an indication whether you like business or not. What did you do? What were your early jobs? What was your first job? Yeah, yeah, my first job. I actually started at Gloria Jeans. And I say the word started quite loosely. Um, I went through a week of training. And on my first day, my dad said, look, you're going to have to find your way there. It was about a 40-minute walk. 
Now, to me, the return on that investment was just just not high. <laughs> so I, I actually uh, stayed in bed that day. I didn't turn up to my first shift. So not as privy to business as you were, but you know, tell us about your role in business. So before you took up pastoring, what were you doing? Yeah, I landed in a career of developing and it was rolling houses and commercial properties um, doing deals. And I think it all started when I actually was a, a laborer, a bricky's laborer. And so then I progressed into being an estimator that progressed into being a um, foreman that progressed into being a um, um, uh, project manager and then actually profit sharing. So we're talking young, you know, 24, I was wow. building three story walk up commercial um, properties. By 28, wow. I was profit sharing with the company. So pretty fast, quick um, trajectory. And it wasn't the formal pathway through education, although I did study externally. I wanted to improve myself. It just came from being streetwise. And I think one thing I had going for me, and this is a little bit of advice, um, an old guy to someone who, who's younger, be the best. Great. Whatever you do, be the best at it. If you're a barista, be the best barista. If you're a salesperson, be the best salesperson. If 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 you're you know driving Uber, be get the best rating. Just mm. be the best yeah. at where you are. That's the quickest way to be promoted. And always, bosses are looking for those who are better than the rest. Those who sure. are performing better delivering better results, they're the ones that are going to be promoted quicker because in the business world, there is a vacuum for great leadership and mm. bosses, number one goal, they're looking around thinking, who can I promote? Who's out there? So if you want to be promoted, be the best at whatever you're doing today. Well, that's huge. And I guess we can connect that to the biblical principle of excellence, right? Yeah. Um, excellence is, is essentially, you know, it's not perfection, but it's doing as much as you can with what you have. Honestly, in Australia, it was pretty easy. It's just showing up on time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the number of crew that would bail on the sickie or wouldn't show up. Um, but I actually moved to America and I, I wanted to make millions in America. And over there, you know, the, the land of the brave and the free, mm. it's a little bit more competitive. It's a little bit more harder. They, they do business very, very well. And mm. so I went over and did developing in the States as well. Well, so what, so what set you apart? So you moved to America with big dreams. As you just said, you know, you, you need to be set apart somehow, whether you're the best barista, whether you're the best Uber driver. Taking what you had in Australia to America and now, was that in itself enough to get you over the line? Yeah, I think I, think I had work ethic. I worked hard. I always worked hard. I always put in more hours than I got paid. I never looked at how many hours I was getting. I always was the first one there, the last one to leave. So I think I had good work sure. ethic, which really sure. helped me get promoted in Australia. I think what caused success in, in America, if I can be honest, bro, it was my accent. You know, they just loved Aussies. They they yeah, they love yeah. the crocodile Dundee. You know, yes. they just love the Steve Irwin. They 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 love the Paul Hogan. They loved. Uh, so I think the American accent kind of gave me an edge, and wow. I was I was remembered. I was known as the Aussie, and that really did help me in business when I was building properties over there. Just that uh, accent helped me a lot. 
Yeah. So talk to me about character. So you, you said that, you know, Australian culture, <laughs> I'm a testament, you know, not turning up to my first shift. It's, it's quite complacent. It's quite apathetic. People say you can't teach character, but you can t- teach skills. So you're hired based on the character of a person and, and you can train them up and you can, you can get them to a level. Now, it sounds like your character as a young uh, professional was on point. You were consistent. Yeah, you're right. Because I was a Christian and so I valued the principles of honesty. I valued the principles of doing what I would say. I valued mm. the principles of, of having character. There were honestly so many opportunities to take shortcuts, especially building. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually did have character because I was a Christian and that actually helped me. I thought it would hurt me in business. I thought, wow. man, I'm going to have to you know, do the right thing, which often costs money when you do the right thing. But in the long run, it caused me to make money. In fact, I was so uh, of a believer in character, I called my company Integrity USA. That was the name of the company in America that I formed, Integrity USA, because I feel that was, I wasn't the smartest guy. I hadn't been educated. I didn't, you know, come from this big, wealthy, successful upbringing. I just had good work ethic and I believed in the character and the principles of, of, of the Bible. Wow. And, and one of those principles is, you know, this kings and priests model. Now, before we unpack that, which you did so well at one of our young professional events, talk to us really briefly about the, the shift going from a business owner pioneering an Australian in America, living the American dream, to quickly moving into ministry into, um, into a, one of the largest churches in America. Yeah, it was a shock. It wasn't something I was looking for. I actually approached the church. It was called Life Church. Craig Rochelle was the pastor. They were doing buildings upon buildings. And I said, look, I'm a builder. I'll help you. Um, I'll, I'll put money into it. I'll, I'll supervise it. I'll, I'll make it happen. And they came back and said, yeah, we, we, we want you to help us. Um, but we want you to pastor. Wow. I'm like, plaster. I, I got plasters, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I've got plasters everywhere, man. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll hide. No, no, no. We want you to pastor. Like what? Spaghetti, you know, bolognese. What do you mean, yeah. pastor? And they say, we want you to be a minister, a man of the cloth. Forget <laughs> it. You know, I'm raw. I'm hard charging. I'm I'm written reckless. You know, I'm a wheeler and dealer. I'm not this clean cut seminary mm. smooth. You know, pastor guys. So it wasn't something I was looking for. I didn't want it. Uh, it was the last thing on my mind. Um, but it was something that God had in my future. So I made a shift at 35 from building. I'd been doing that for 20 years mm. um, and done well. And then I shifted into being a pastor. And what helped you make that decision? Yeah, I, I, uh, the only thing <laughs> was God because I didn't want to. I knew what pastors made and it wasn't as much as I was making. <laughs> um, I, I, I knew that pastors had to deal with people's problems. I didn't want to deal with people's problems. Yeah. I knew uh, they didn't have the freedom as a business owner. So really the only thing was God pursued me. I, I put it off for 18 months. I fought it. No, no, no. But God was relentless in pursuing me and I couldn't shake it. And at the end of the day, I surrendered. I gave up and said, okay, mm. God, your will be done. And I made that shift. So uh, if you can unpack the Kings and Priests model for us. Yeah, I'd love to. So for years I sat in church because I was always going to church. reason I wanted to make money, honestly, was to help sure. the church. Sure. Uh, just don't make me, don't put me in a kid's room, you know, don't make me <laughs> serve on the front door, you know, don't make me say hello to anyone, just let me make money 
and I'm happy and I'll fund the mm. kingdom. Well, there was always this frustration in me as a business guy. I never felt that I fitted. Mm. I never felt I belonged. Well, I always thought I was different. And I loved church. You know, I loved the people and, you know, watch them sing and, I'd, you know, watch the guy preach and yell and scream and spit and sweat. I mean, he's amazing. But I just felt like I was an outsider. I'd almost go to church crash and I'd feel like I was still in the car, like it was an out-of-body experience. Sure. I just didn't belong. I sure. didn't belong. And I tried to fit in. You know, I tried to go to all the prayer meetings and I – tried to do the churchy stuff, and it just wasn't natural to me. I, I just didn't come easy. It wasn't normal. So I just really felt frustrated. And what do you think drove that? Do you think, was that something in yourself? Or was that something that the church just missed at the time in identifying yeah, good, that? Good questions. It was both. Firstly, I cool. didn't identify the ministry that I was doing, which was business. I didn't sure. recognize that was a call of God. And I was doing something for the kingdom. So I didn't value that. I, mm. I thought I was a loser. I thought I was second best. The second reason was the church never valued the business person. Mm. They never understood the pressure, the, the, the stress, the strain. That You know, you're week to week. Sometimes you're struggling to make payroll. You've got letters from solicitors. You've got, you know, taxation. You just it's go, go, go. It's pressure, pressure. I don't think the, the church people... The pastors had never had a business. They didn't understand, mm. you know, what business people were going through and the pressures they were carrying. So you mix those two components together, there was frustration. So the, the kings and priests model in the Bible, correct me if I'm wrong, in, in a nutshell. So in the Old Testament specifically, there were kings that were appointed by God. They were the ones who, you know, built the temples where, uh, where the presence of God resided. They were the ones that, you know, conquered land for God. They were the ones who made sure that God's people were taken care of. And the priests were the ones who uh, sought God on behalf of the kings. They were the ones who, you know, uh, really prophesied. And the kings would often consult the priests on a lot of whether we should go to war or, you know, is there going to be a famine? What do we do? Do we, do we save up stores? What what else were the were the roles of kings and priests in the in the Bible that we can? No, you're you're spot on. That's a good summary. In the Old Testament, there was anointings, there was giftings, and really the king he was the government leader. He he beat up the bad guys. He made money. He he supplied the the leadership, the governance for the land. And then the priest would hear from heaven and and direct the king. And when that relationship worked, we had the most prosperous nation on planet Earth that has ever mm. been, where mm. silver became as common as stone. Wow. I mean, it surpasses China, surpasses U.S. That there is no nation that was as wealthy as the uh, kingdom of Israel in the days of King Solomon and King David, when they mm. had a great relationship with the priests, um, such as Samuel. So when that relationship worked, the land absolutely flourished. And so the analogy is today we have businessmen, which are the kings, and we have priests, which are the pastors. Mm. But the problem is the pastor and the, and the businessmen don't fully understand their roles or their relationships, sure. Sure. and they don't fully respect each other. So you've got the pastor who's trying to manipulate the business guy or trying to be a business person themselves and running businesses out of the church, mm. or they don't value the businessman, or they don't empower or release or pray or encourage or equip. And then mm. you've got the business guy who's kind of not listening to the priest. He's not submitted <laughs> yeah. to the pastor. He's not tithing. Yeah. He's not 
giving financially. You know, he's just showing up. He's not under that spiritual authority. So no sure. wonder it's not working, Crash. No wonder it's people are frustrated out there. But when that relationship between the businessman and the pastor is flourishing, when they both are secure in their callings, my goodness, it's a fantastic relationship that causes the favor and the blessing of God. Yeah. So what you're saying, Pastor Miles, is the dynamic has switched. We've gone from kings providing for the people and pastors supporting the kings to kings feeling as though they need to almost support the priests um, and, and gain the approval. You know, they feel this sense. Or of- you got you got kings feeling they need to be pastors. They need to preach. You know, yeah, they need to sure. run life groups. They they need to wow. do Bible studies, and wow. so they're they're feeling to be any good. You've got to get on that stage, and you've got to share a testimony, or you've got to share a word. But they're called, they're anointed in the marketplace. They, wow. They've got discernment. They've got ability to manage conflict. They, they've got uh, the ability to sniff out a deal. They, they've got these skills and abilities that they need to pursue, but they don't realize that's ministry. Because all of us are in ministry, right, Prash? Yep. We're all yep. ministers of God. One isn't better than the other. The pastor is not better than the businessman. The businessman is not better than the pastor. And so mm. when you understand, hey, my job, I'm in ministry, I can attract the favor, the anointing, the power, the blessings of God, that, that I'm actually doing this for God. You're in partnership with God. When, when a businessman is released into their identity in Christ mm. and they're living out their calling, wow, that, that's a great place to be. But that can only happen when they understand their ministers. And mm. I think it only happens also when the pastor recognizes, hey, they're out there in the business world. They're just as important as my music person yeah. or they're just yeah. as important as my uh, kids leader. They're just yeah. as important as, as the cafe person. They're out there on the front line uh, pushing business, funding the kingdom. Uh, there's a, a great respect. There's a great honor. There's a great relationship that happens between the pastor and the businessman. Yeah, wow. So it's a symbiotic relationship. I can almost hear the sigh of relief of young professionals listening to this as um, as you just unpack this and and really direct them to their role. Well, here's what I would say to every business person listening. Finally, firstly, realize you're anointed, you're called, you're in ministry. Whatever you're doing, you're in ministry. Do it to the best you can. Let God bring favor. But secondly, you need to submit to the pastor in your life. Mm, if you can't submit to your current pastor, find someone who you honor and respect and can because it's a little bit of a double-edged sword crash. We're not going to let the business guy off light here. They yeah. need, the businessman or woman needs to submit to that spiritual authority mm. so that the pastor has uh, access to speak into their lives because what the priest did was bring correction. Remember mm. the priest went to King David and said, Atar Ish, you're the one. You're the one that took the baby lamb when he gave the story of the shepherd who stole the little lamb yeah. and he slept with Bathsheba. You're the one that took his wife. And yeah. so there is some correction that often needs to come from the priest to the businessman. 
Um, but at the same way, the business, the, the priest or the pastor needs to respect and honour and pray and believe. They need to build a flourishing church where the business people's kids uh, are taught the word of God, a flourishing yeah. youth group where their teenagers are raised in the ways of the Lord, where there's mentoring, where their families are served, where their spouses are taken care of. So it is a relationship, but it does take a little bit of cost from both sides. What, what do you think the shift in focus has occurred between kings and priests? specifically in today's church? I think what happened was we're moving into a new season where mm. God is going to do more in the marketplace than he will in the building. Right. And I think if pastors are wise, they'll realize there's a shift and they'll start to back their business people to see their church grow, expand and take the kingdom. So mm. I think we used to see God moving in the churches I think in the last days, we're going to see God moving in the marketplace. Yeah, wow. So the smart pastor is going to equip the kings, the business people, to be effective in their areas. So would you say that the role of a young professional listening to this podcast right now is to just keep going, put their head down, put their hand to the plow? Two things. They need to, number one, realize they're in ministry, be the best at where they are realize they're anointed and they're called and, and flourish, absolutely flourish, love it, mm. do well in it, enjoy business, make money, enjoy spending it. But then the other side is they need to submit. They need to submit yeah. to a spiritual authority in their life, which is a pastor through the local church. Uh, they need to tithe. They need to submit their finances uh, to, to, to God's church. They need to submit mm. their, 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 their lives to, to that spiritual authority so that that healthy relationship can flourish. Because the pastor needs to have the business person's back. The pastor sure. needs to be interceding and praying. You know, the pastor probably needs to do a visit, go through the workplace and through their office and pray over it or, or send in the prayer team periodically or mm. when a big deal is coming through, you know, we call on the, the, the intercessors to pray for it. So yeah, there needs to be a healthy relationship, I think, is a summary, Prash, yeah. a healthy relationship between the pastor and the business person. And when I say pastor, I don't mean the pastor. I mean anybody on staff, any of those yeah. leaders, uh, such as yourself, you're the pastor of the young adults and so mm. they need to submit under your authority and you need to pray and speak and direct through god's word into their lives yeah that's awesome that's awesome we could keep going but i just want to uh go straight into our quick fire round um i'm going to ask you a couple sure. of questions just going to shoot them at you uh, i want you to answer as quickly as you can so the first one is what does keeping the sabbath look like for you yeah, I have a Friday off. It's Bonnie Day. It's God's Day. So no emails, no phone calls. Friday is the day off. Uh, what's one resource that has helped you in your work that you can recommend to our listeners? Yeah, there's some good podcasts from Andy Stanley. I love his podcast and also Craig Rochelle, two great leadership podcasts. And then anything from Jim Collins is gold. Mm. He's an author. Uh, when you were starting out in the workforce, so back when you were doing uh, building uh, or developing, what was one piece of advice that you were told that has stuck with you till today? Yeah, I think you've got to be hungry and humble, hungry and humble. Ask questions, persevere, knock on the doors, find a mentor, learn more and be humble. Always start at the bottom, be never too big to do any job, humble and hungry. 
That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Miles, for uh, joining us. We are so appreciative of you and Bon, uh, what you guys are doing in our church. Uh, we just honor you. We love you guys. And hey, this is awesome having you on the first podcast of Kings and Priests. We're, we're praying so for big excited. things. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I pray over all of our business women, women, men and women in our church. I specifically pray for the businessmen, women and our young adults. Let them feel valued. Let, let them feel important. Let, let them feel they have a role. Let them feel they're in ministry. Let them feel they're called, they're anointed. Uh, give them permission to, to do well, to succeed, to, to make money for your kingdom, to beat up the bad guys, to extend God's kingdom, anoint them, empower them, give them those dreams, give them the deals, help them to network, give them favor, do something supernatural. I even pray this week, I speak supernatural favor in contracts, in sales, in deals, in, in, in connecting, networking. I, I pray supernaturally, God, you would do a work in our young professional businessmen and women in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what a conversation to have to kick off the Kings and Priests podcast. And if you've made it this far into episode one, thank you. I'm going to assume that you want to continue hearing these kinds of conversations. So to help us get more material and conversations out, we're going to need your support. I want you to share this podcast as many times as you can without making it weird. I want you to like the Instagram page, Kings and Priests, Visit our website, kingsandpriests.com.au to give us feedback, to ask us questions, and to contact us and let us know where you're listening from, what you do as a young professional, and how you feel as a young professional in the church. Because we want to change the experience of young professionals in the church. Because it's so important to know that you can make a positive and lasting difference in your world, that you are exactly where you're meant to be right now, and that you are the kings and priests of our world.